Not even one sad day or minute have I had since you've come my way. I hope you know I gladly go anywhere you take me. It's so amazing to be alive. I follow you to the moon and sky above. Y'all, we are back. You are listening to Intentional Talk Radio Network and Mindful Mondays with Dr. Corliss T. Bennett. What's up, world? Hey, happy Monday. Happy morning, evening. Happy Tuesday. Some people in different countries are on Tuesday already, so happy Tuesday to you. Last week, we had our guest, our, one of my favorite guests that's always got my back when I need him, Mr. Gregory Cheadle. How you doing, Greg? You, oh, you're, you're on mute, baby. Mute, mute, mute. I'm a, I'm getting the song. Greg. Yes, 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 yes. Note to self, Kiana, we need to get together and lay a track. You're on mute. Mute, 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 mute. Something like that. Because this is, everybody would get it. I just want to put that, me and you, girl, put that together. Let's get a track. Okay. <laughs> now I'm, I'm doing serious. fine, thank you. You know what? I'm so serious. When I was in college, it was so, oh, um, hey. Oh, wait, Siri thought I was sucking her. Sorry, my watch. Uh, remember, um, <laughs> girls, uh, JJ Fat. So me and my friend Claudia, we heard that song and we were like, girl, we just need to go make up something and put it on the track, right? And we kept saying that this is like 84, 85. And then all of a sudden, Salt and Pepper comes up with Push It and made millions. I was like, see, that could have been us. We need to come up with a track that's catchy. So Kiana, me and you, girl, I need you to find a sound. I need you to find a, get it together. Me and you, it's going to be called You're On Mute. Get off mute. You're on mute. I say you're on mute. Okay. So anybody makes that now, I'm copywriting it right now. Don't trip. Anyway, <laughs> we have our wonderful guest. Oh, let me, first of all, what a beautiful day it is in Southern California, not a cloud in the sky. However, later this week, it's supposed to have some serious rain and snow levels down to 1,000 feet. Mm. That's what the weatherman said. And I'm like, you could have snow in your backyard, Greg. When you come to the house, you might have some snow because you guys are slightly elevated out there. Mm -hmm. Loma Linda area. But don't be surprised if you see snow on the ground because it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Pasadena, you can forget that. That the mountains, Altadena, you can forget that. It's, it's about to be snow. He said down to one thousand feet. So do not be surprised if you wake up on Thursday, Wednesday, and it's and snow is on your front yard. See here's uh. the, yeah, we went through 
uh, it never rains in Southern California to, oh my God, we've got sinkholes <laughs> and other stuff. But anyway, back to the purpose. Today's show is about black love. And what was it? Uh, love, loving while black, black while, what was it? Yeah, um, loving while black. Loving while loving black. Loving while black. That, that is something serious. And we started talking about this last week and got into some good discussion. But I want to start off because that Luther track is no joke. You know, we need to go back to the sim- simple, simple love. When you really like have your heart into that woman. Uh, Kiana, play the first verse. Play, play, play that so, so amazing. Because, and just kind of keep it low so that I can kind of talk over it per se. But I want everybody to hear just the first verse of this song. And you can put it up a little bit louder and I'll try not, I won't talk so that everybody can hear what Luther is saying. Okay, go and put it up. I'll be quiet. Luther is, I mean, think about that. How many men feel that way about their woman? Or let me be fair. How many people feel that way about their partner? I'll gladly go anywhere you take me because it's so amazing to be loved. Now, you know, they teach men not to show emotion. Men, when I say they, I'm talking about just as a general, the social socialization of the man. Don't have feelings. Don't cry. Be hard. You know, you got to be hard, dude. You got to be hard. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, you got to be like that. But this song tells you, it's so amazing to be loved. I'll follow you to the moon and the stars above. I mean, that is so, you know, what did he say? I'll gladly take you. You know, you take me and I'll gladly go. Like, if we if we even had a tenth of that first verse in our black men, oh my God, that divorce rate that you were talking about last week, you said... For those who missed last week, we're on part two. So if you're kind of wondering, like, what's going on, we're in part two. Remember, the, what was the divorce rate? Do you still have those numbers? Whatever it was, it was crazy. Our numbers are but, higher. Like, go ahead. Go ahead, Greg. Go ahead. Madison, divorce Blake, Greg, Greg is back. Go ahead. Are you saying our divorce rate? Yes, the uh, divorce rate. I don't have that stat, but I, I did find... From last that, week, repeat, you may not have the stat, but what did you say about the difference between black divorces and everybody else's that we had the highest number of something? You, you mentioned something. Yeah, we have the highest, we have, we have the highest number of divorces of any group, period. You know, uh, and, and not surprisingly, I guess, black women have the highest rate of, uh, oh, what I what I, no, this is what I found disturbing 
is that black women have a higher rate of divorce than they have of marriage. Hmm. And it's almost two to one, uh, 17 versus 31. Mm, mm, mm. That really shook me. Uh, you know, 31 31 divorces, uh, per 1,000 married people, 17 marriages per 1,000 unmarried people. Or rather, unmarried women. I'm sorry, not people, but women. I mean, that's disturbing. If black women have the, the, that high of a divorce rate, does that mean black men also, or is that just black women who are married to anybody? Good you question. The, uh, the, the data is really difficult to come by because, you know, we, we have black, you know, loosely defined for one thing. And then to get into who they married is something that the data just didn't show that. So I don't, I don't know who these. I don't know who these black women are married to, so I, I can't I can't speak to that. Mm-hmm. It would, you know, I, I will say that that black women tend to marry black men far more than than anybody. So uh, we can assume that those marriages are more likely than not to black men. Right. But what their percentage is, I couldn't I I couldn't fathom a guess. And see, my my issue is how men, how our black men are socialized. Now, obviously, I'm talking in general. Oh, so I didn't do the disclaimer. This is my opinion. This is Gregory's opinion. We we are to uh, are able to agree to disagree. This is our opinion. We are not psychologists. We are just fifty something people that's been through it. Fifty year old something people is plus. Let me put the plus in there for for my former girl Colette and them and Pat. But we, we, these are just our opinions. So, you know, I don't, I don't need y'all to write the station and say, Corliss said this and Greg said it's only 17 of us. These are just some facts that he pulled up just to kind of give us some conversation for today. So that was the disclaimer. I should have said that at five o'clock on the, on the hour, but now it's 10 after. So I just want to put that out there. So now this is our red table talk. Yeah, right. This is our, this is our, (laughs) (laughs) this is our our black, this is our black table talk power. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I just, you know, and maybe it's just me. I'm a dreamer. I, I, I just maybe because I, I used to be a radio disc jockey, and my stuff was love songs, and that's all I played. And I would listen to some of the words, and I would just be like, "Man, I want a man to love me like that." How come men are just not wanting to share and open their heart? Now, again, this is general because obviously there's black and there's some marriages out there that are working, and that's great. I don't know if there's romance in it or not, but for me. You know, if I were to get married again, I, I need romance. I just need, and it's not even, it's not even expensive to do. It's just show me that you love me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so amazing to be loved. That, I mean, Luther says it great in that song, but I don't know what it is that this hardcore stuff. And then when you do give in, then your boys are teasing. Oh man, you whip, you whatever. I tell folks, tell your boys like, you just mad because you ain't whipped. Give me alone. How about that? How about, how about that? How about that? What you doing? You know, I'm whipped. So what you doing? Because you mad because I'm whipped? Hey, I'm happy. You know, sometimes you have to turn that around and teasing, that bullying. 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. That was just me having yeah. a moment. You know, society, society has changed. And with respect to Luther, uh, you know, I wish that his music was around as much as his other stuff is. And so when, you know, we, we have such a paucity of, of role models uh, that show the type of love that Luther is, express, is expressing here in his song. I mean, very few times do we look in the media and we see people who have been happily married or who are happily married and, uh, and are romantic. You know, mm-hmm. we, we just see somebody, it's just like um, most recently you had this, these two couples break up. I think one was a news anchor or something silly and, you know, went with this other, left his wife and went to this woman and then the woman left her husband and went to, I mean, just crazy stuff. So, oh, Double that flip flop thing that went on. They they went with each other's exes. Did you, is that what you're talking about? I don't know. If they went with each other's. I hope they didn't go. Couple, they, I don't know. I know you know. There's a couple out there that actually broke up and went with each other's exes. I saw it. Where did I see that? And I thought, are you kidding me right now? Anyway, we'll. I'm sure Kiana will find that for us somewhere because it was it was definitely happened. But you're right. We have. If you go back to the old school, just the 80s, let's just go to the 80s and all the role models of love. You know, you got to be a special lady. Remember that? Oh, my God. Stuff like that. Or or um, my girl talking about my Okay, like we, we have the role models. Temptations, we have the role models out there. And yet... Now with the hardcore rap and well, with the some, it's not as hardcore as it was in twenty uh, in nineties. I think the nineties was more hardcore than rap now. But it, it, I don't know. It just teaches you, you know, you're a bitch, you're that, you're this, and you know, my whole oh, really, really. But you know who who is promoting that stuff? Society. They love it when we like that. Well, you yeah, know, but, how, but, you but, know how many white people got downloads of all that all that rap? They got more uh-huh. downloads. Then I have music. It's like, like I saw Snoop Dogg was, I think it was in Salt Lake City or somewhere. And I'm like, what in the world? I mean, you know, he's, he's at these white towns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, wait a minute. This doesn't the seem right. Paying him to see him, trust and believe. When I was at USC, <laughs> uh, Dr. Dre and um, what's his name? Uh, are we there yet? Are we, um, what's his name? The, uh, God, um, come on, somebody help me. Dr. Dre and what's his, the homeboy with him? I come on, I, I can't, he has a son that played in the movies. Oh my God, Ice Cube. Thank you, Lord have mercy, y'all. See, that's what happens when we start getting old. Ice Cube <laughs> performed at Bovar at USC. Now we was in there, but if you looked at the crowd, we were like salt on, on, on a baked potato. Okay, we were like salt on the baked potato. Bovard holds, what was it, sixteen hundred people, balcony full. So I could see my friends way over there. Hey, so and so, hey, hey. But the majority, it was like it was like a baked potato with some salt and pepper and some lorries. That's what it looked like. Mm. Now there's certain songs I knew that were popular, right? Then it was songs I hadn't heard of. These white folks jumping up know all the words. Calling the bitch, telling it, you know, being careful about saying nigga because they didn't want to get jumped by the few peppers that was in there. <laughs> but that's like, you know, not saying that rap music should have some love songs, but it's just that that socialization of you got to be whore, you know, what, sorry, what, oh, you know, 
instead of just can you just can I just love my woman? I, I, I dare a rap artist come up with a love song. I dare them. I will fall completely out. Um, and and again, that society, I understand rap is, is cool and I listen to it. Hey, I party, hey. But it takes away from the relationship factor, I feel. Or or the the permission. Ooh, that's good. The permission to love. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yeah, no? but, you know, but again, I'm just curious how this thing started and who was perpetuating it. Did we were we in charge of our music and its distribution and so forth and so on that we put that message out there or did somebody who was not of our color, of our race, our ethnicity put that stuff out there? That part right That's there. Funny. That part right there. Mm-hmm. They knew if they put it out, it would break up the black community in, in a way that it did per se. Because mm-hmm. remember, the first That's rap song, like, go ahead, Keanu, I'm sorry. Somebody else put it out oh, there. Oh, oh yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes, somebody else put it out there. And there's a lot of discussion about that recently where people are saying uh, you put it out there to destroy the black community, to destroy black lives, to destroy black period. So yes. it's no secret. It's no secret that it was designed to hurt us. And we went for it. We right. And you're right. And the more that we do it, I'm shot it up. My bitch, blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh yeah, let's put this out there. But let me tell you, the white folks got it all. Now I just got a, I just got a post-it note. There is one song by a rapper. Now mind you, this rapper is not hardcore though. This rapper don't cuss and call you the B word. This rapper is now a, 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 a an actor. Okay. Cause he took his thing and worked with it. He is an actor. Do you know who I'm talking about? He plays on N-C-I-S-L-A. My boy, who I know and met him on several occasions, sat next to him in church at Faithful Central on several occasions, L.L. Cool J. Oh, oh, L.L. Cool J. Okay. And his song was, Kiana, cue that up. I need love. Cue that up. That is the only rapper that came up with a song that admitted that he needs love. And he smooth put that out and then crept into the actor world. He's the only actor that didn't degrade women. He even talked about sitting sit, sitting at the bus stop, sucking on the lollipop. He didn't call her a B-I-T-C-H. He didn't say that bitch is on the lollipop. <laughs> okay, y'all, I'm on one today because I had the day off. So please excuse me. But I'm so serious. You know what I'm saying? He didn't call her a bitch. He said she was at the bus stop sucking on a lollipop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he wasn't trying. He wasn't degrading. And he's been married this whole time. Now, Snoop has been married, too. I ain't mad. But I'm just saying, his rap was more of a kind of a storytelling, per se. But he didn't degrade women. You know who else didn't degrade women? Now, he'll slap the hell out of somebody if you get, if his wife if his wife is in your mouth. But <laughs> Will Smith, did you mm-hmm. hear any words? Did you hear him degrade women? And what did he do? He was so smooth about it. What did he do? He turned into an actor. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Ice Cube is an actor too. I ain't mad at him. He crept into the actor world. But, but your boy. About, yeah, Go ahead, Colette. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought she said something. But he oh. crept into the actor world. But the thing is, he turned around. Kiana, you got that queued up? Uh, uh, LL, let's just hear that first verse. I just, you know, when we get a chance, I got it. But 
Colette, were you, did you, were you about to say something, honey? No? Okay. Go ahead, Keanu. Uh, put, put, give, give me that. That song is the bomb, too. Oh, 86. 1986. Ah! Come on now. Come on. Give it to me, Keanu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is memories right here. College. When I'm alone in my room, sometimes I stare at the wall, and in the back of my mind, I hear my conscience call, telling me I need a girl who's as sweet as a dove. For the first time in my life, I see I need love. There I was, yeah. giggling uh. about the games that I had played with many hearts, and I'm not saying no names. Then the thought occurred, tear drops made my eyes burn, because I said to myself, look what you've done to her. I can feel it inside, I can't explain how it feels. All I know is that I'm never dishing of the raw deal, playing make-believe, pretending that I'm true, holding in my laugh as I say that I love you, saying I'm more, kissing you on the ear, whispering I love you and I'll always be here, although I often reminisce, I can't believe that I found a desire for true love floating around inside my soul, because my soul is cold, one half of me deserves to be this way till I'm old, but the other half needs affection and joy, and the warmth that is created by a girl and a boy, I need love. That's what I'm talking about right there. That is what I'm talking about right there. That's what I'm talking about right there. Where's the love? Did, did you hear what he said? He said, I'm crying in my room. I'm, I mean, he's got, he, he is not afraid to share with the world that he's got emotions and that he needs love. I mean, like that, that was back in 86, y'all. I was there. I was at that concert. Don't play. I was at that concert. It was just like, oh my God, this is so bomb. It's like a man admitting this, this is a role model that you're talking about. This is black love, Greg. What, what you got to say about this? Well, you know, I think that in addition to, uh, us not con us not controlling who we are as far as the media and what's played out there. You know, there's also been uh I, I think the church has been at fault mm. in a lot of respects too, because you know, the church used to preach uh I don't want to say hellfire stuff. That's not even, that's not better either, but I'm just saying they used to, to preach a morality. Then they went far out on a limb about prosperity and it was all about prosperity and love was lacking in that in those discussions and so the church has failed black society as far as i'm concerned is that i was talking to the preacher not too long ago you know the emphasis has been on helping people after they get into re after they marry and divorce as opposed to helping people prior to marrying mm. so they know what love is, that, so they know what to expect, so they can know how to communicate with one another. Mm. So the, the church has failed miserably in that respect. And that's why, you know, we don't see love. And, and another problem too is that there's enough scandals in the church too. So uh, there's, a, there's an issue with the scandals, but nevertheless, the church would be a great place for black men and women uh, to mm. know about love. You know, just like, you know, you talk about Faithful Central, uh, Bishop Ulmer, you know, being married for 40, what, 45 years and no scandals and so forth and so on. Uh, that's huge. And, and that's, those are the models that we need to see. And right. we're not seeing those again because the, the church has, has not put an importance on that. 
Right. Still- I didn't even think I love I love how you put that because what what if that was what if love was preached a little bit more, like you said, pre love. To get in folks' minds, you know, we what they do do is say, no sex, da da da, and blah, blah, blah. You right, know, right. Yeah, right? You know, and I remember right. it's like, don't do this, body, body, don't, don't do this. Instead of doing that, say, okay, now, here we are. You're starting to have feelings. Let's talk about those feelings. Let's talk about how good it would feel to have someone in your life that you can nurture. And, you know, so I, I feel you on that. I never thought about the pre-love, giving some pre-love lessons somehow, like you said, through the church community, because they could slip yeah. it in a way. They could slip it in in such a way that that it just might work. That's, 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 Colette, what do you have to say about that? No? <laughs> okay. Maybe not. Uh, Keanu, you have something to say about that? That the pre-love stuff, the pre-love. Actually, yeah, um, it's it's funny that you're having this conversation because I had a couple of thoughts about that. Um, uh, I, that was either yesterday or earlier today. Um, but when we're born, we we're kind of, we're born, and then we sort of get mixed up in all of these different kinds of ways of existing, all the rights and the wrongs. But we come here knowing how to love. We, we are that it, it's part of our nature, but somehow we it's unlearned and it's turned into mm. some sort of some other kind of thing that we have to intellectualize as opposed to just exist as. So it's, it's to try to learn to do something that is inherently natural when the natural part of it has been removed from you mm. is really very confusing and quite difficult for most people as we can see. So when we start talking about how to love, um, a lot of that is sort of remembering what we are and who we are and that we are love and that love is not something that we we have to now, unfortunately, learn how to do it just like we have to learn now what our food is supposed to look like when it grows. You know, we have to <laughs> relearn these sorts of things. And so mm-hmm. I think when it comes to that kind of an exercise, I think the first step in relearning how to do that is to learn the feeling that you feel, which interestingly enough has never been taken away from us. The feeling that we feel when we experience babies or little kids, that joy that we cannot, we don't have a word for, but it's a joy. We, we transform into these mushy individuals that joy that is right in your solar plexus, right in the center of your abdomen. It's, it's a, it's raw, pure joy. And, you know, at least for people who can, who still have the capacity to, uh, to love and appreciate babies and little kids. Um, but that's where we existed. That's where love is for us. And we just kind of have to find a way to experience that more. And then we'll actually know it'll, it'll apply itself. Really. Once we reintroduce that, it's kind of like food. Once we reintroduce it into our bodies, our bodies take care of the rest. Same thing. Mm. So you are so right. Like when do we lose that? Is it, you know, I feel like I can almost see when we lose it, like maybe kindergarten, maybe like elementary school, everything begins to change or so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, we kind of get into the weeds of, you know, this society that kind of operates in reverse of nature. Yeah. 
Because you're right. I mean, when a baby comes, all you do is you hold it, you burp it, you hold it, you hold it on oh, my baby. You know, the baby loves being close to you. Yeah. And, and even, let's just even say if I had a baby boy, right, he would be so loved. He was, you know, that's why they say baby boys love their mamas yeah. because if mama, some about mamas and baby boy, mm-hmm. they just nurture them, nurture them, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm going to teach you how to be a man or I'm, I want you to respect women and blah, blah, blah. And something happens, and and unfortunately, it's usually not at home. It's when they go to school around other students or other kids or other, you know, once they enter society for real. You're right. I mean, you are so, I didn't even think about it like that. We are, we are naturally born to love. Right. And something kicks in and reverses it. And I think that's why I was talking about the whole society piece. Yeah. Be a man. Why are you crying? Be a man. Right. Why are you doing stop tripping man come on man up man up you know yeah so what that that girl and she didn't like you so what man there's plenty of in, in, in the sea right yeah. and it's just like then all of a sudden you're you're you, you turned into this this other piece and then there's some guys that just you know they turn but they don't they turn in public but they know deep down inside you know i'm still loving i'm still gonna love or whatever the case may be right so that I, I didn't even like you know when you're saying that i'm like wow we are by nature have that feeling, yeah. those strong feelings of love, and society just beats it out of us. Right. And then, if you once you figure it out, either you've been married and divorced, and then you figure it out, and it's like, dang, I have to relearn it. What do I need to do to make my significant other happy? What do I need? What first of all, I gotta love myself and make sure that I, I'm, I'm on. Do I love myself? Because you can't love nobody, like we said last week, without loving yourself. And that's the first take- kind of love that is taken from us, the love of ourselves. That's the first mm-hmm. one, which is why we end up not knowing how to do it anymore because the initial love is stripped from you when you have to start being punished and told no and, you know, all of these different things as a baby. we First of all, the the, the modern world is not set up. It's not conducive for babies. Everything is, is, is a... A hazard everywhere. Everything is a hazard in our society. So babies cannot explore. They cannot reinforce that self-awareness because everything is a hazard. So it's, it's almost like we live in a society that does not, that wasn't created for us because it doesn't Mm -hmm. act like the, the purest form of us, which is a baby it's not, we have to protect the baby from every single thing, every corner, every piece of material, every, everything. It's not conducive for babies. So the baby cannot be a human baby. It has to be this, it has to learn how to be this other thing, which means it has to unlearn what it actually is and instead learn how to, how to exist in this highly artificial environment that does not, it's not conducive to what we are. So all of this, we have to learn as adults. And unfortunately in this kind of society, especially for us, for black people, as close to nature as we, as we are naturally, it's a, it's a, it's a, an especially difficult battle for us. That's not to, it's not saying anything against anybody else. They are what they are. And you know, we, we're doing what we're doing, but just like, any other organism, we just happen to be a variety that is very, very, very closely aligned with nature. You can have a look at some of our people on the islands and on the continent. We that we are what we are. We're nature. We're like nature in this particular form. So 
we, we kind of have to relearn that in a very particular way for us specifically. And yeah, we do have a society that, right now in the West, especially the U.S., that has taken music. Another thing that we do, we are music. And they twisted it. The one thing people, I, I really don't think that, you know, society fears our violence. They're, they're, we're, we're not a violent people. We're just not. Particularly since there's two billion of us, we're not violent. Everybody else would have been wiped out if that's the case. But what they really fear is the, our love because it's so deep and it's so rich. And a lot of people don't understand the depths that we can go. So, yeah, to, to keep us suppressed and subdued, society has to mess with the core of what we are. Music and love, the two things that we are so deep in got messed with around the world. Who was your major in college? Radio, television, and film. Girl, that sounds like some psychology and some philosophy up in there, boy, I tell you. (laughs) I mean, you, what you said was is very deep. Uh, Greg, you got a comment about that at all? I'm going to pull you back in here. Well, I mean, no, I, I mean, I think she's right on there. I think we get into deeper issues with longevity of a relationship, mm. uh, especially when you start talking about marriage. And one of the, the issues, you know, from childhood on especially, is quitting. You know, when we teach our children that it's okay to quit something, that mm. goes on to adulthood. So, you mm. know, it's easier to say, well, you know, this isn't working. I'm going to quit. Uh, so when, when a child starts a task and doesn't finish it, the parent says, okay, you don't have to finish it, little guy. And so on and on and on, well, you know, I've got this major. I'm going to stop. I'm going to do something else. So on and on and on, this, this habit of quitting comes into place. And so we lose that stick that we should have had in the first place with the relationship. Mm. And so now we find, and you know, something happens in the relationship and now, well, just like everything else in my life, you know, I'll quit it. So that, that's an issue that, uh, isn't talked about much, but it's a factor. Mm. Which probably leads to this behind forces that we have in our, in, in, in you know, the, the number that you're saying that black folks, have a higher divorce rate than any other race. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's it's crazy for. I mean, it, it's it's sad, yes. But when you look at the number one reason for divorce is finances. Blacks are dead last financially. Dead last. You know, we have the highest rates of unemployment. We have the lowest education. Mm. We have the lowest home ownership. Uh, we have the lowest home ownership. I mean, we have the lowest home value. Hmm. So we come out the box in a situation where we're not likely to survive marriage because of, of finances alone. Wow. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's getting worse because the divide between black men and black women, it's, it's like we talked last time about, uh, you know, black professional women. Uh, black professional, uh, women in med school right now, black women in medical school almost double the number of black men in medical school. You know, uh, I don't think law was quite as bad, but you know, when you look at the university set- setting, you have for the top 20 some odd 
universities in the country, black women are more uh, prevalent than black men. Mm. It's not until you get down to the lower uh, University of Notre Dame, uh, MIT, and CIT. That's the only place where, out of the twenty-two, out of the twenty-six top universities, that's the only place where black men begin to have yeah, higher no. numbers of black women. Mm. So what I'm saying is that we have all these things targeted against us. You ever listen to white people talk when when they're somewhere? They talk about money. They talk about how whatever. They talk about investments. Talk about golfing. I mean, I was listening to some white kids once. Some high school white kids. You know what you're talking about? They're talking about stocks. You know, what stocks to buy and all this other stuff. I'm like, wow. You know, you go to a white school, the, the white kids want to be doctors and lawyers. You go to a black school, they want to be LeBron James. So, you know, we, we got this whole thing. We're, we're in this mess. And so because we're in this mess, it's no wonder we have such high divorce rates. Now you're attributing that to um, women making more money than men, or no, no, no. no. I'm, I'm just saying economically, oh, we're okay. in such bad shape when we do get married because if if finances are the number one reason for divorce, and black people are the lowest on the economic rung of the ladder, we're in trouble. You know, as mm-hmm. you increase in wealth, you decrease in divorce. So as you decrease in wealth, you increase in divorce, and that's where we are. Wow. And again, these are general general statements, people. We are obviously yeah. not successful folks. But I know one thing. There are women, and I think I talked about this last time. You know, I have a doctorate degree. My friends, are some, of the, some of the people that I know are like, you shouldn't date anybody that doesn't have a doctorate degree. Okay, now I need to go and in, in, in in, in fly around the country for the 10 men that have it. I mean, like, for real? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. And, and, but there are some people, it's like, it's beneath them. And I'm not, I just, I don't, I've never had that kind of an attitude. I, I just went and just went, I just ended up, had opportunity to go to school for 75% off because I worked at USC and I was like, okay, I'm gonna get my doctorate. Because somebody said, no, Corliss, you know, you're doing your thing. You, you're helping out students and you're doing your workshops, you know, go get your master's. And I was like, I, I didn't want to do that. I was like, I did with my head, you know? He's like, no, girl, you'll get, people take it even more seriously. So I just got, I kind of got convinced and bamboozled for the last two degrees because they were like, just do it. And now you get up here and it's like, oh yeah, I don't really date anybody below a master's. And it's, I don't think that's fair. And, and, and so then they're single. Yes, I have a doctor. I don't think that way. My thing is, do you love, will you support me? Can you take care of me? If I stop my job, if something happened in my job, can you hold down the house without my salary? Right. Can you, can you hold me down when I'm sick? You know, and so you're a plumber. Plumbers make more than some of these doctors. Electricians. They sure do. Electricians. Plumbers, electricians, and them folks that's going to always, air-conditioned folk, they're going to always have a job. Brick you know, masons. Right. And so, so what's wrong with me dating, you know, somebody was like, oh, girl, he's a, he's a plumber. And I was like, yeah, he can come to your house and, you know, when you something go down, you're going to be talking about, what's your, what's your husband's number on the thing? Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> what? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is wrong 
with that? And why is society trying to look down if I wanted to date an electrician or if I wanted to date a plumber? If I wanted to, you know what I'm saying? Why, why, you got your doctor. Who, but what's your husband do? Oh, he's a plumber. Oh. And I'm like, for real, lady? He makes more than you. What? Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Kiana, were you lit up? It looked like you were lit up. You're about to say something. I actually laughed. <laughs> oh, you said laugh? just Wait, you left our conversation? <laughs> no, because the green was, you know, you know, we're on Zoom, everybody. Yeah, lady. yeah. And we can see each other. You can't see us. But you're, you're green. You you lit up, so you were laughing. That's why. Okay, yeah, my bad. I was laughing because I was right. I was thinking, my God, that's it, it, it's. I I know our society is wildly petty and materialistic. So you know, I don't even pay attention to that nonsense. But I hear you. You know, so I'm single, and so then I'm I'm intimidated because intimidating because I'm a strong black woman and I have an opinion and I'm and I'm not taking no mess and I'm not taking any tolerance. My tolerance level is zero. It's like, oh, okay, as soon as you mess up, I'm good because there's no need. There is no need. I'm 56 years old. There's no need for games. You know what I'm saying? But unfortunately, it's hard because people get intimidated because of my degrees. Mm. So yeah, I. Well- I so I have to be single, unfortunately, maybe not for long, <laughs> but I'm just saying. You might have to just travel in different circles. It's it's that, that always plays a big part in our connections, where we are, the kinds of things that we're involved in. That plays the biggest role. So whoever these people are that are, I don't know, I guess intimidated, that's just not, you know. No matter what, that's just not your, that's not your ilk. You might have to find a new gang, a new crew. But people yeah. are to be intimidated. Men are going to be intimidated by some men, not all men. Thank you. Right? Okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Gregory, sorry. Generalizing, generalizing. Go ahead, Colette. <laughs> so men, men will be intimidated, unfortunately. And we have to ask why. So it should not be that men get intimidated by women who are assertive. And because we have to be. Right. We have to be assertive. And it's not that we are so aggressive that we cannot be, uh, what's the term? I don't want to say control, but we can't be humble. We're assertive and we're humble. And there are a lot of things that, black women deal with that white women don't have to deal with. Right, right. Yeah. And I believe wholeheartedly that black women are going to save the world. I believe that with every fiber of my being, I believe black women are going to save the world. And I do believe that black women started the world, so we will be saving. Right. But you know what? That's funny that you say that because white women are not taught to be assertive. There's some assertive. Now, again, generalization, people, generalization. There are some assertive white women out there. I'll put that out there. But this, but 98% of them are not. I'm just throwing a figure. My, this is a Corliss, okay, Dr. Corliss figure. Because they don't have to be. Because men are taught to serve them. Men are taught to worship them. They're, they're, that's their dime piece, right? Mm-hmm. Men are not Ought to do that with black women because unfortunately because we have to we have to survive right survival of the fittest per se when they come to us we're just like what, what you got because i'm not playing and so now oh black women got I, i've heard this before black women got attitude because we're not gonna take your s-h-i-t really 
So you mad at us because you just want to run over us, see? And so we're not, they're not taught to say, that, you know, it's, it's the phenomenon came through, and I want to relate it to music, around the Lauryn Hill era, right? The spoken word, that, that what's that music, that, that genre, Kiana, um, with music? Neo and, Soul. Uh, Neo Soul, yeah. That Neo Soul era, what was that, late 90s? Early um, 2000s? I want to say that, yeah, that was the... That was late nineties because it was yeah. I was coming out of high school going into college when that oh, started. That yeah, Lauren, that Lauren Hill, you know, yeah, that era. <laughs> Excuse me, <clears throat> that helped to calm people down. That little neo soul era kind of went over rap for a minute because everybody was like, "Oh, it was like this consciousness," and it was like, "Oh yeah, that's my black queen," and all of a sudden we to be queens it took that whole little neo soul era to be like oh man my black woman oh my god that's my future oh i don't even know what song i'm trying to think that gives us that mm, that, that, that you are um who is that oh my god come on kiana help me think of a song so i'm thinking era. uh so there's lauren hill of course there's uh there's also uh of course maxwell is kind of like He's kind of following the. He's a combination of uh, Prince and Luther, and uh, my mm. generations. Well, he's older than me, but um, there was also. Oh my God, let me do some. Let me let me let me punch up some some names because there was a ton of people. I don't know who that is, but when you're talking about Erica the- Badu, <laughs> Raphael Sadiq. Jill Scott. Jill Scott. D'Angelo, yes. Music, soul child, Lattice. D'Angelo calmed us all down and gave us some real energy, just that one video. (laughs) 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 Can we just roll that video? Lord have mercy. But anyway, is another one. My my point is, though, that era, all of a sudden, it calmed us down for just a minute couple years and it, it all of a sudden the consciousness of the black man was like oh my queen and you just saw a shift I don't know hey, am I the only one that saw the shift am I the no, only one remember, remember the damage was done well true. Was done. so we did not have anything to say after that and unfortunately we didn't do anything about the damage that had been done just now people are talking about the damage that this has done after the de- people have suffered. Do you know how many black rappers with that degradation have been killed? It is, it's a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a horrible thing. If I can just I- say the, that was talked about back when it was happening, the rappers to whom it was happening um, back in the eighties spoke loudly about it a lot. I was a kid hearing about it. And I really didn't have a gauge for what was actually happening. I was just becoming familiar with the wide world. But even I came to know about it, um, that these rappers were all talking about it in their music, especially the rappers of the 70s who Mm. were kind of pushed out in place of the new age rappers of the 80s who were the, the new ones of the 80s were the ones that were being cultivated as these 
these the rappers that you're talking about. So a lot of people came out about what was happening in the music industry. The problem was that people in the music industry and in media in general, they know how to put in front of you what they want you to know. So mm. when you are thinking that this certain thing happened at this time and I can't believe that happened, what you don't know or what's not in the front of your mind is what actually happened because you weren't supposed to know about it. Even though it was said out mm-hmm. loud, it was said out loud in such small quarters and such micro climates that you, it was not mm-hmm. intended for you to know. So you really have to actually want to know what really happened and to do the work to find out what happened. And like I said, it was out there because me as a child, a little kid, not even in double digits yet, knowing about it. Everybody else should have known about it if I was able to find out about it. And I was a child. So it was there. It was definitely there. And, and they and they said it out loud. And there's a there's some people right now talking out loud about what's also happening in the music industry with these rappers being killed. And they're saying it out loud. I'm not going to say what it is, but I, I, I've got – it is being said out loud. Hmm. Well, I'm sorry. I know. I mean, can you give me an example? Because I'm. I mean, I don't. I, I listen. I, I have. I have my own playlist, so I just be jamming the '80s and '90s in my car. Give me the idea of a song. I don't. I don't know. Um. Yeah. So I'll just say that there. Um. Rap has always been a genre that, uh, after the '80s, was created to sort of shift society. Um. Away from, you know, just a regular tone. Since since we know that society has already been, the minds of America has already been manipulated starting back in the mm-hmm. 50s. So the, that, that job to, to make the minds of America very malleable was done in the 50s. So all they have to do, all that's done now is just the placement of content that that uh, is intended for you. To, to sort of create your personhood around, create your life around, create your conversations around. So when we're talking about these rappers, well, um, they, I'll just say it. It's going to sound unbelievable, but some of them have been sacrificed. Some mm. of them have been, um, I don't know if you're aware of the money laundering that's going on. Um, that's a, a new sort of quiet industry that's happening around the world where it's no longer suitcases of cash, you know, or bank accounts, offshore accounts that are being the instruments of currency, but currency is being washed by, uh, people now. So people are the currency. Um, Mm. in other words, this, I I won't go too far into it because it makes me nervous to talk about it, but... Pull that for another show, boy. That's, that's deep. Another, yeah, that's, that's deep. Another, we gonna we gonna have. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, we gonna pull that for another show because I, I definitely want to talk more about that. Yeah, that you know, it's pretty heavy. When when you start to really peel back the layers, it gets way deeper. Names associated. Mm-hmm. The, it's it's kind of it's it's kind of scary. So yeah, we gonna have we gonna have to pull that because all of that is still goes back to love. And the lack thereof, right. and 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 and, and I, so I'm, I'm sitting in my friend's house and passing notes to me, and he made a note about the separation of black family during slavery. I think mm-hmm. we even talked last week, you know, just right, right. He had said something about that last week, Greg, about how we are, you know, we we're together, 
family unit, but the white man snatches and put the man over there, the wife over there, and you never know you see your daddy alive again because, you know, yeah. or I mean, whatever, that, that snatching of, I mean, we, we come from a society where we've just been snatched of our love. And I think when you talked about that, Kiana, about how the, how babies are nurtured and nurtured on you love and you love them and they just, oh, they're just the best. Oh, he's so cute. And then, oh, she's got pigtails and blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden we're just snatched, just like slavery. Just That love is just snatched because now you're pissed. You're not with your family. You're out here. You're getting your butt whooped. You know, if you go back to slavery, <laughs> no wonder we, we we have issues with love. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, excuse me, well, we also, you know, given this, these long-term relationships, what we, we also have to understand, too, is that women are not men and men are not women. Hmm. You know, we're, we're and we communicate differently. And, but a lot of people don't know that. They assume, like, they assume that she thinks the way I'm thinking. So if I say this, I mean what I say, and she thinks she's going to understand exactly what I said, and vice versa. Well, he's supposed to know. And so we have these, this communication, uh, miasma, so to speak, <clears throat> that we have to deal with. And so we invest in everything else. We invest in our cars, our houses. Uh, shoes, wardrobes, whatever, but we don't take the time to invest in our relationships. And so we, we need to, to invest in our relationships, take classes, read books, whatever, so that we can learn how to communicate. Uh, you know, how do we, and communicate effectively. Which has been stripped out the schools. I mean, I don't think there was a communication class per se in elementary, but there should have been. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. And you know what? There should have been a class on not only relationship, and now there are quasi-classes on relationship building, but those are classes that should have been taken in middle school when, mm -hmm. when kids are trying to become something that they think they really want to be. Because in middle school, kids don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. Middle school is a very, very awkward age. Then they get into high school and they think they're this person. Then they graduate and they know they're not that person. Then they go to college. They think they're somebody else. So, and, and as we say, and we use it loosely, you have to take a test and get a license to drive a car, to fish, mm -hmm. yeah. to be anything. But to become a parent, you don't have to have a license. You don't even have to have good sense. Right. That part. Okay. You that don't need have good sense. All a person has to do is just know how to lay down. Uh -oh. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, but it's the truth. No, you're right. Okay. It's the truth. So we, we've got a lot to learn and a lot going on. Have any of you watched any of the 1619 project? No, I have. You gotta I mean, watch. I, I've heard so much about it. I, I I'm just swamped. I haven't. Is that on Netflix? Is that on Netflix? I believe it I is on Hulu. And Hulu. Yeah. But okay. It, I, I yeah, Nicole has, and it is a series and it's in several different parts. So I think okay. there's okay. something like six or seven, eight episodes. Mm. But it, it, it dates back to 1619 mm -hmm. and up to today. And the information that this woman has been able to compile, it is astounding. And wow, the way wow. she puts it all together, 
with not only what has happened in the black community, but what has happened in relationship because of what has happened to black wow. men. Wow. Well, gotta uh, watch it. It is astounding. It is. I have astounding. To, wrote it down before. I have to remember to try to. Yeah, I have to remember what I'm trying to because I be trying to catch up on my my stories, my, not my stories, but my TV shows that I missed during the week. I, I watch those on Hulu. I gotta check. I gotta add that. I gotta check it out. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, I don't have Hulu, unfortunately. Yeah, really? it's called 1619 Project, mm-hmm. and it's Hannah and okay. Oprah Winfrey is an executive director. Oh, okay. There was a big uproar about that on the other side. They didn't want anything to do with it. Any anytime there's something done Uh that that. build black people up, there's going to be resistance. Period. There's going to be pushback. No, the sixteen nineteen project. No, that's rewriting history and blah 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 blah. Anything to stop it in its tracks. Uh, It was not rewriting history. It was history. Mm. Yeah, people can't handle the truth. That's what it is. Exactly. Exactly. You can't handle the truth. So let's flip it back around. As we try this, this has really been very enlightening. I tell you, I, I love um, when uh, Kiana jumps in and, and gives her philosophy. I tell you, uh, she's a philosopher, philosopher. But um, um, it is, it is, it is something else to go back because again, this is about. What what happened to us during slavery that just takes us through, you know, generations of hurt and pain. And then that socialization piece, like Kiana was saying, how we love and we nurture our kids. Oh, my baby, my baby, my mama, my mama. And then all of a sudden they're in school, something happens, and now you're a punk for crying. Why are you doing like that? And, you know, your mama's saying, oh, it's okay, honey. Oh, no, you're a punk. And so... That socialization just changes it, and then you you decide, like you said, I think, I think Colette said about middle school, you're trying to figure out who you are, so you do this because you think that's who you are, and then in high school, you're like, no, that's not who I am, you try this, and, and instead of just taking that inner, you know, learning to just love yourself the way you are, which is hard when you're dealing with puberty, you know, middle school to high school, but it's college where a lot of people, you know, it's college where a lot of people come out of the closet because they've been suppressed with society. And once they get to college, it's like they're free. And you know, and, and, and the reason why I say that is working in higher ed, you know, there's a lot of students that come out at that point because they're just tired of being locked down and being told you have to be this, have to be this way. And so it works in all, you know, the LGBT community becomes crazy, you know, when you have more members and people are coming out because they're tired of being locked in. So I, I want to include everybody in this situation. You know, you're, you're being told, you're doing this, you're being socialized. And so anyway, when we get back to this black love, y'all, main thing for black love, number one, love yourself. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Black men, it is okay to love on your woman. It is okay if a woman got a doctorate. Love her. Cherish her. Make her feel like a natural woman. (laughs) (laughs) It is okay. Don't, you know, the intimidation factor is because y'all are tired. And you you get tired of, I'm tired of being tired. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. And love love one another. Right. Come at me. We love one another. So this has been, I tell you, wow. Well, you know, Let's see if let's see how many of our of your listeners can make a pledge of not using the N word for the entire year. 
We have got to love, we have got to learn how to love ourselves. And that, part of it is getting rid of that word when we address one another. You're not kidding, that's for sure. I'm trying to say, because I don't say it out loud, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm trying to think, I'm like, dang, I can't even, I don't even, I mean, I don't call nobody in, but I'd be like, mm, 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 mm. you know, you have that thought. But it, that's deep. <laughs> but let's, let's it, get it out. Let's, 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 I, I, I'll pledge. I will, you know, I won't say it for this year. I actually haven't said it in I don't know how long, but I'll, I'll pledge my, I'll be the first one to pledge. I won't use the word. Wow. I don't, I don't really use it, I guess. I, I may think it. <laughs> Let's stop thinking it. That it counts. One day. <laughs> I never use it. I haven't used that word probably in 30, 40 years. Yeah, I, I don't use it. Something stupid, I'll say, and I'll think about it, but I don't think I use it. But anyway, that that's deep. We don't have to look at that. And that's, well, that's for your listeners, not only for us, but for your, your listeners too. Let's yeah. make that play. Yeah, I don't think I use that. But anyway, that's that's deep. Well, y'all, this has been an enlightening experience for real. And I appreciate um sound engineer jumping in because she hates to jump in, but sometimes it gets good, and so she's philosophizing. <laughs> Kind of coming in and giving us some philosophizing us. Gregory, you're the bomb. I appreciate you always stepping up to come and be with here at Mindful Monday. You are listening to Intentional Talk Radio. Y'all stay tuned. Happy President Day. Happy Obama Day. Happy Obama Day. And um, we'll take you here. Thanks, Greg. Love you. You're welcome. Um, you know, I follow you. Stars above. <laughs> Thank you very much. Take care, everybody. Take care. Right. Love everybody here. You have been listening to the Network. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg. Another meaningful, mindful Monday. Oh, Thank glad. You. Absolutely. Well, join us tomorrow for Change Matters right here on the Intentional Talk Radio. We've got a great show for you tomorrow. If you want to join us, if you have any questions or comments and if you're not with us live, send them to 710-1101. And it's always, always great to hear Luther. Always, always, always. I could hear Luther anytime, day or night. Yes, yes, he is the one, will always be the one. What a way to end the show. What a way to move on to the next. Have a good evening, folks. Be safe going home, folks. Boy, there's so much going on in L.A. What the world needs now is love. We've got to get So thank you for joining us. This is the Intention And we will see you soon. Be careful out there. And wear your mask. It ain't over. Talk to you soon.